0: Hello, Kevin. Thanks very much for joining us on Blue Notes. It seemed an opportune time that the bank reporting season in Australia is coming up in, in the coming weeks, but we're seeing a lot of global events, a lot of um, geosecurity events. We've still got COVID. We've got you know the looming possibility of recessions in the nor- Northern Hemisphere. So I thought it might be interesting just to talk about the risk perspective. You know, the, How do you sort of look at risk you know, outside of ANZ at the moment, but in the world we're operating in.
1: Yeah, good good morning, Andrew. Good to be with you. And a really interesting question because it is a, quite a, a challenging set of circumstances we face at the moment. So you've got geopolitical pressures, you've got economic pressures, um, you know, a whole lot of factors playing out. So if I if I stand back and I look at what are the key ones that we think about uh, and we look at, you know, clearly you've got. And um, from a geopolitical perspective, you've got some challenges in Eastern Europe with Russia, Ukraine, the resultant impact on, on energy and food prices. Similarly, over the last few days, we've also seen, um, you know, some increased rhetoric as it relates to Taiwan out of China. Um, off the back of, you know, um Nancy Pelosi visit a couple of months ago, a resultant impact on China-U.S. relations, impact on the semiconductor sector, also impact on Australia, right? There's a lot of things Mm. playing out on that front. We've also seen, you know, and some of it driven by by some of those geopolitical factors, um, increasing inflation, increasing interest rates globally. I think the Federal Reserve in the U.S. has made it really clear that it expects to see uh, interest rates continue to increase until it brings inflation under control. I think in the UK recently we've seen, you know, the government make some interesting decisions from a tax perspective. Unclear how they're going to fund it. Resultant impact on the UK government bond market and the gilts, as they're known, and that's had an impact on confidence. Plus potentially some second-order impacts around those who who support and buy into that market. And you know, even if I think about, you know, gas pipelines in Europe. Somewhat unclear as to what's actually happened with some of them. OPEC cutting oil as well. Um, so all of those are are the types of risks in a global context that that we consider. We look at uh, they influence our appetite settings. Uh, they influence um, you know where we want to effectively put our money uh, from a from a broader perspective. So there's some of the things we think about.
0: And like when you run through that list, like it is a bit sort of uh, well it's, it's a bit disturbing, I suppose, to see the the range of risks there, but is it, how do you net them off? Do you say all right, well on the balance of things we think this, or the world is you know definitely heading into a, a recession in the northern hemisphere, therefore, or is it more a matter of you have to be prepared for volatility and
1: look it's it's easy to to focus on all the negatives. But I think it's also important to sort of balance that out with where we we actually sit today. So if you think about it through a range of different lenses, one, you know, the number of mortgage holders, for example, in Australia that are behind on their repayments, this is sort of Mm. national top figures, is less than 1%. In fact, probably less than it's about 0.7%. That's... 30% lower than what the historical average actually is. At the same time, there's been significant government stimulus that's been injected into the economy over the course of the last few years. You mentioned COVID earlier, as a result, particularly of that. That has meant that a lot of our retail customers, and this is sort of again more general in nature, have used it as an opportunity to get their balance sheets in a really good shape. So they've actually thought a little bit like how a corporate treasurer does at a large company and said right I've got lots of cash flow now's the time to get my debt levels down you know credit card balances for example are their lowest level in 20 years or so right so um, and what what essentially uh, customers in general have done is they've said let's repay some of my higher and more expensive debt get that down as quickly as possible And if you look at it in terms of, there's a lot of focus on what's the gross debt balance, the gross debt number in the economy. But actually, if you net it off with all the liquid assets that people have, so that's cash they have on deposits or shares or whatever the case might be, actually the net, average net debt is zero. So yes, there's a lot of risk factors, but at the same time, there's also some other things that I think are important that that balance, balance it out. So um, they're the sort of things that, and, and the most important thing, I think, above anything else is jobs. Right? Mm. We've got really low unemployment rates. Um, you know, I, I even look at, <laughs> I've got uh, three three children, and, and one of them the other day, in the first year of uni, I said, you've got to get a job this summer, I'm not having you kind of lying around the house. And... I wasn't sure how challenging it was going to be. He walked in the first cafe he walked into near our house. They said, "When can you start? Can you start tomorrow?" Right. So there's a real there's an opportunity if you want to work. I, I think for most people, and there's obviously certain ex- exceptions, but if for most people, there's plenty of work there, and not only that, you can get you can potentially work in a couple of places too as well. So so long as people I think have jobs and the security around that, you know we're in a, we're in a reasonable position as well. So whilst you've got the uncertainty. You've got to balance it out with the, you know, where we're at at the moment.
0: It's an interesting question then of, of of timing because if you looked at it as a snapshot today, the Australian economy, to a lesser extent the New Zealand economy, but still New Zealand, and also in Asia, you would say, and I think this is true in the corporate world too, that, you know, that sort of net asset, net debt position is robust. People are looking good, and yet on the horizon down the track, you're thinking yet there is these uncertainties. So it is is a sort of two-part picture, isn't it?
1: Look, it most definitely is. And, you, you know, you touched on sort of companies there. I, I think corporate balance sheet in Australia and New Zealand has probably never been as strong as well at this point in time. Um, so you've got retail balance sheets in a really good position, corporate balance sheets in a really good position. Clearly, we've got a budget coming up sometime soon. The government's going to obviously look at ways in which it can alleviate some of those cost of living pressures, but at the same time, how does it make sure as well that it keeps its budget under control? So all of those factors are, are playing out. Um, it makes the job to be perfectly candid of a Chief Risk Officer an interesting one and a challenging one because you've got to make sure that you don't pull a lever too hard in any one direction or ease too quickly in another direction too as well. You've got to try and find that, that balance to navigate through.
0: And that um, that horizon is quite long term, isn't it? I mean, a typical interest rate cycle like the one that the Fed is embarking on is twelve to eighteen months. I think you know, in uh, Australia, will probably follow suit. Maybe the interest rates here will peak a, a peak a bit earlier, but we're talking about that sort of outlook now, stretching out a year, two years, presumably. And the geopolitical one is even longer term.
1: I was going to say exactly that. So I think certainly interest rate environment are expectations and I think the broader economy and most commentators would suggest it's probably a 12-18 month type time horizon. Whilst we've seen, you know, New Zealand start a little bit ahead of Australia, but whilst we've seen over the course of the last few number of months, you know, significant increases in interest rates, I think there's some more to come. The interesting thing for me was you know how to interpret the rba's recent decision to sort of in australia to go from 50 down to 25 is that essentially them saying let's just see as we get through over the next few months what that impact ultimately is uh but i think as i mentioned earlier the fed you know european regulators uk have made it pretty clear that that they're going to push the rates to a level where they believe that they can get inflation under control so i think it's a 12 18 month mm. time horizon those geopolitical matters I think elements of it can be solved in the near term, but ultimately they're longer term considerations. Absolutely.
0: And, one, uh, and w- one we've touched on, but while it is still an extremely serious disease with daily impacts, uh, the economic impact of COVID a- appears to have sort of alleviated somewhat. How do you, you look, and again, obviously terribly people are dying still you know, every day, but economically the impact seems to have settled down.
1: Yeah, look, I, and, and your comments are right. Um, unfortunately, you know, there have been, you know, a number of people recently who have obviously passed away, but, it, but as a result of it. I think, though, that most of us have got used to the concept of actually living with it, and it's part of our, our everyday lives. It's interesting, I took a flight domestically recently, and um, I brought my mask with me because the last time I flew, I had to wear one. And you know now we're in a position where it, it's up to individuals to make their own mm-hmm. own decisions on that front. I think from an economic perspective, it's probably washed itself through the broader economy. Obviously, we still have government debt associated with it there, but I think for most people, it's washed its way through. Uh, we did see in the middle part of this year, you know, some challenges from a staffing perspective across various different industries. Um, my expectation is we'll probably have challenges from a staffing perspective as we go into the summer period, but that's more just from a lack of of number of staff, like what I mentioned earlier. Um, but I think the COVID side of it has somewhat has somewhat disappeared.
0: Yeah. Mm. And the other uh, factor that that's particularly high uh, at the moment in people's minds is cybercrime. Um, I mean, it's been an issue now for several years, and we've had some. You know very serious breaches and things but there's in australia at least there's been a, a couple more recently how does cybercrime and the growing cyber security issue factor in your thinking
1: yeah look, look i think there's a range of different what i'd refer to them as emerging risks but probably newer risks than the more traditional ones that that we think about cyber certainly one of them cyber and its resultant impact through fraud fraud and even financial crime for that matter too as well um, it's been a, a major focus area for us for a number of years. We have a, a dedicated team of people that's sort of their job is to protect the organisation and, and our customers and various stakeholders. Um, it's clearly got some more attention given, you know, over the course of the last number of weeks, there have been some some major breaches uh, at other organisations. I think what it has meant is that Australians more broadly. I'm now more aware of when their data, when they've been asked for information about themselves and are starting to ask questions about how that data's been used. And I think that's actually not a bad thing uh, at all. I also look at other risks that are sort of, I'd put in that emerging category too as well. You know, clearly climate is one of them. Um, It's, you you know, as we look at in Victoria, sort of over the course of the last week or so in certain parts of Tasmania and, and southern new south wales you know you've seen a significant flooding event we've had that also in northern new south wales and in southern queensland it wasn't that long ago that we were talking about bushfires right so i think these weather events and their resultant impacts on the communities and our customers are going to become you know even more important considerations for us the other one I was fortunate I went to, to Europe uh, with a couple of colleagues sort of in the middle of the year. Um, and one of the things that became obvious from talking to institutions and regulators and investors in European context is, is biodiversity is also another key emerging risk. So that's biodiversity as a result of, you know, whether that's species extinction mm-hmm. or de- you know, decline or degradation of forests or whatever, ecosystems. And that's, you know, I think going to be a continued focus for us. Um, and an emerging focus for us, and then sort of all of that flows back to obviously ensuring that as organisations we conduct ourselves as it relates to all of those risks in, in the right way. So there's sort of some of the the other emerging risks that we're considering in.
0: Mm, and it's particularly telling you you talked about the different levers. So the the challenge is at the moment you know as far as the direct environment is looking, it is quite robust, but then you've got to factor in these these broad risks, whether it's COVID climate, whether it's interest rate risks, but you don't want to sort of pull one lever too hard or ease off too early. So that's the challenge at the moment, presumably.
1: Look, it absolutely is. And one thing that sort of (coughs) sits in the back of my mind is that it's actually 30 years since there was a really serious downturn in Australia. So you've got a lot of individuals and a lot of small businesses and companies who you know people who work there haven't actually experienced a real crisis. and bankers. And, and I was about to say there's a whole lot of people working you know in institutions like our, our own who, who haven't gone through that either. and it's, I think that's an interesting challenge for all of us, how we're going to, to navigate our way through all of that.
0: Mm-hmm. Well thanks very much for your time today, Kevin. That, that's been fascinating um, and it will play out over quite a period of time. Indeed, thank you, Andrew.
1: Thank you for listening to Blue Notes. This podcast was produced by the Blue Notes editorial team with music by Kevin MacLeod. Blue Notes is a publication of ANZ Banking Group.